mother to three children and I think I'm a better mother to two children because I also have a job. That was Rohini Venkateshwaran, Director, Sales, Market Strategy and Planning and Marketing Director, Ole, Old Spice and Ambipure at P&G India. In this freewheeling episode, we talk about building a career in sales and marketing, the art of negotiation, managing a dual career household, diversity at workplaces, and having a work philosophy. So let's dive right in. Could you walk us through your childhood and the instances which influenced you the most growing up? How did all that lead to an MBA? I think I pretty much had a very normal uh, childhood. I grew up in the southern part of India, mostly Bangalore, and then I spent a few years in a boarding school in Uti. Post my schooling, which I finished in Bangalore, I wanted to do engineering, and at that time, everybody in the world was talking about computer science and wanting to do electronics. And I was very, very clear that I wanted to do engineering, and I didn't want to do computer science. So I remember at that time, I decided I wanted to do mechanical. It was not a very female-centric branch to take over. So I remember when I went for my counseling, the counselor who was sitting across when I said I wanted to choose mechanical, he actually looked at me and then looked at my father and said, "You must be crazy. Why would you let your daughter do mechanical?" Uh, but it was just one of the things that I wanted to do. And then I did engineering for four years. And let me put it this way: I'm a very hardcore, uh, get my hands dirty kind of a person. So I worked at a Maruti service station for six weeks to get my to actually understand automobiles. Uh, more in depth, and what better way to do it, right? Then actually work in a service station with the with along the rest of the workers. We got a chance to take apart an engine, put it back together. We would regularly change tires, change engine oils, all of that. So it was a fantastic experience. But at the end of four years, and I was uh, and I was right, right? I understand why that gentleman in counseling told me why would me as a woman want to do mechanical engineering because over four years. Of mechanical engineering, we were only three women, so it was a very, it was fantastic. I absolutely loved every aspect of my engineering. But then I realized I'm not too much of a technical person. I like to do something which is more working with people, to be very honest. And therefore, I decided to switch gears and think of doing an MBA. And then I got into SPGM. I did marketing for two years, and then did my internship with Procter and Gamble. And the rest, like they say, will is history because. I just celebrated 15 years with Procter and Gamble, so I don't know if there was instances in childhood that made it happen, but I think somewhere along the way, every little thing kind of leads up and adds up and gets you to where you are. It's really amazing that you kind of mapped out your own personality and then you linked it to a career in sales. So, what sort of exposure does a career in sales give you? Exposure in terms of areas of focus, personality development, and geographical mobility. For me, the best part about sales is two things. One is you get to work with people. The second is whatever you do, you get to see instant gratification. And what I mean by that is, as a salesperson, you have a target, you go after it, and you deliver it. I'm of course oversimplifying, but very earlier on in your career, like even from the first times, so I was a 23-year-old working with a distributor organization in Western Tamil Nadu, and the distributor organization at that time was almost 150 people, and I worked with them. So very earlier on, you work with a large number of people. And there you get to lead, and that's the piece that I really like. You know, talking to people, engaging them, uh, envisioning them, getting them to be energized to do what you want them to do. Uh, you learn your way through it. How do you work with people? How do you motivate people? How do you get people to do things? Because doing yourself is one task, but getting other people to do is another whole different way of doing it. How do you work with people of different mindsets? 
And that for me is what I would say uh, sales has been. Yes, definitely, without a doubt, sales comes with being flexible from a geographic standpoint. And I tell a lot of young women who I mentor or who I coach that very earlier on in your career, when you don't have what I call restrictions, right? And it's a wrong word, but it's a reality, right? The minute you get married, for instance, then it's not just your career. You have to worry about yours and your spouse's career. And then when you have children, it becomes even tougher because then, you know, you have them to also take care of. So I always tell very earlier on in your career, see if you can be very flexible, very mobile. And that's for that, I'm very grateful. I had, I've always been very flexible, very mobile. And therefore, very early in my career, I traveled all over. So I, I, did, I did stints in the north, in the south, in the west. I spent a few years in the U.S. All of this I was able to do because I was very flexible and open. And of course, uh, worked with a company that gave me that flexibility and nurtured my talent, if you want to call it that. So what do you think is the correct ecosystem which nurtures a dual income couple household in terms of, you know, support from home, treasures, etc. And how do you simultaneously, you know, you, you've got a lot of hobbies on your plate from like, uh, you know, traveling and trekking. So how do you manage your time between these exceedingly different but important aspects? I think this whole managing dual careers starts with the two people and yes in a con in a culture like india of course our extended families not are not just very important but they also form the village but let me just start by saying the two people are most critical and i tell a lot of women for sure but also men who are on my team that is very important as a husband and wife for you to talk to each other about what's important and many times we don't talk about it because we make assumptions for the other person. So if, for instance, you are a very ambitious person as a woman, you must have that conversation with your spouse about that. If you have career ambitions and if you have, for instance, want flexibility with your spouse on things like geography, have that conversation. First, start with your spouse to see where he or she is, depending on who's having the conversation, to land that conversation. So that's very, very important. And I can't tell you the uh, restrictions that open up the minute you have that conversation. So that's very important. The second one on dual career is definitely, without a doubt, you need to have a supportive village. And when I say village, it needs to be everybody, right? It needs to be your parents. It needs to be your in-laws. It needs to be your brothers. It needs to be your sister. It needs to be a neighbor. And I can tell you on this aspect, I'm completely shameless. I ask for anyone and everyone for help. And I feel no shame in doing it. So... Definitely, obviously, my parents, but my in-laws, I have asked neighbors for help when the need is. So it's very, very important to create that village, as they call it, but also to ask for help. I mean, you can't do everything yourself. So, you know, you must ask for help. And linked to that is the other one that I would say is on, on managing expectations within the family. Right. And you must have conversations. There are there are, for instance, cases where I've had people tell me their in-laws are not comfortable with them working. I once had a situation where there was a girl on my team whose mother-in-law thought that after she was having a baby, it was not right for her to come back to work so quickly. It was not that she was against her working, but she thought that, you know, why put a child in the daycare? Why come back soon? I mean, I actually had a chat with the mother-in-law. I said, you know, we had a family day. I said, bring your mother-in-law and let me chat with her. Let me tell her what I'm doing. Let me tell her how it manages. There's no right or wrong on this one, right? 
but you have to understand that parents and in-laws they have fears they have worries they're seeing a generation very different from their own so it's just about reaching out having the conversation empathizing and then you realize how much better even your children are for it i have a dear colleague at work who once told me that when she took her older child in daycare her mother didn't talk to her for 6 months and by the time she had her second child her mother begged her to put the second child into daycare because she saw what a positive impact daycare had on the child it's very important firstly firstly to make time for yourself irrespective of who you are how old you are uh, when you're younger you value it less because you want to be more social all the time but as you get older you definitely want to value yourself so i think the most important thing on this one i'd say is first make sure you take time to make for yourself now that could mean anything it could mean different things for different people for some people it could be exercise for some people it could be reading a book for some people it could be cooking for some people it could be meditating whatever it is you have to find out for yourself what it is you need to take time out to do what is called the me time one of the things i do is i try and club hobbies and this is something i've learned over a period of time because as you grow from a single to a married to a mother you realize the roles that you have to play become only more and therefore much more demanding on your time so i try and club activities so what do i mean by that i love to travel absolutely love to travel i have a goal that i want to get to 95 countries i'm now at 38 but i make sure i like to do a holiday so the way i try and do it is and i I'm, i'm also a very family person i love spending time with you know my core family or friends so i try and do is i club travel and friends the same thing for instance from an exercising standpoint right join a little group and exercise rather than doing it alone i love to cook i love to bake so then i do socializing where i get people home uh, again it helps me socialize and i get to cook so i get to do two things at the same time So what I think to try and club one is I think it's most important to find me time, irrespective of how complicated your life is, and it gets much much more demanding unfortunately. But find that me time. Now that me time could be ten minutes, but it could and it could be two hours. But make sure you find that time and carve it out for yourself. And the second one is in pursuing your hobbies to find time. Try and see if you can club a few hobbies, and then if you can't. then make sure you make time out in which case you be very deliberate about it right uh, now it's all over the place because my little fellow wakes up through the night but till he came even till the day he came till i was almost 9 months pregnant i would wake up at 5 in the morning and 5 to 6 was what i called my me time and you won't believe it but most of my time my me time you'd think i was doing something very ambitious or i was exercising or i was meditating no for most of the time on that me time i would sit out of the window and just stare out of the window i mean it sounds crazy but that gave me so much of calm and so much of peace before i took the world on with being pregnant having a baby having a high strung job doing the things i wanted to do all of that right it just gave me that me time as i call it and therefore you need to find that and make time for yourself to do that is what i i would say and how do you replicate that in your career and could you please tell us about one of your most interesting and challenging projects yet my favorite work story is i was at that time i was uh, 11 years with the company i was doing a regional role based out of delhi and uh, i had just finished my it was diwali i had just finished my first trimester on pregnancy and i got a call from my manager 
and he said uh, hey congratulations we are promoting you and we are moving you to bombay and i was shell shocked right because i hadn't even told him i was pregnant and here i was he saying he was promoting me and he was asking me to move cities which at that time seemed almost impossible because my husband is an entrepreneur and he's worked based out of delhi uh, and he had no work in bombay so hanging up uh, calling my boss back and then i said hey guess what uh, i'm pregnant so he said yeah congratulations that's fantastic great news okay so so i was like no are you still giving me the promotion and you still want me in bombay and i remember my boss said yes i want you in bombay and it would be it would have been in between of my pregnancy right i would have had to move in the middle of my pregnancy and i was like completely blown away so the first conversation i had with my, was with my spouse we both tried to figure it out like i said right have this conversation earlier on in your marriage he and me had talked about this from the day we got married where we agreed that if it was a really good break and a really good career option for me i would take it and he would figure out how to be able to expand his business so we'd already talked about this so when this suddenly came out of the blue it was not like a shock and he was super supportive he was like is this good is this the role that you want it was my dream role i was taking over modern trade which was uh, the large which is a large channel for the country and the company and it was my dream role so i said yes i mean i love the role and then came the point of how am i going to manage right how am i going to move to bombay uh, so then my second call was to my parents and again supportive parents right make yourself your village and all of us are very lucky i mean i think in india we are we are very very supportive parents and my mom and dad were like uh, you know we talked about options of renting a house my mom coming and staying with me in bombay for 3 months while i do this job because obviously everybody was worried right i was pregnant uh, and with my first baby and uh, we then talked an option i have a very very close cousin sister in bombay and we said okay i picked up the phone called her and out of the blue and i said you know akka i want to be in bombay i'm going to be in bombay for four months before the baby comes can i just live with you and she said of course again your village right and i just moved i packed my bags i moved through my pregnancy i lived in bombay with my sister i worked i worked five days a week really hard it was probably the most challenging assignment you could say it was a very challenging assignment but i loved it i loved every minute of it i enjoyed what i did um i i felt the personal the personal challenges of you know being away from your husband having to change doctors that pregnancy my first pregnancy i changed four gynecologists which as advice to any woman listening to this don't do but it was something that i couldn't avoid but it worked out it worked out uh, i loved the role i my company kept the job empty for me for 6 months when i went on maternity leave my boss did my job and then i came back and continued to do that job uh, for almost 3 years so very challenging uh, and i did it as a pregnant woman i did it as a new mother i can't tell you how ex- satisfying it was um and i do believe uh, for a lot of women who are mothers who will associate with this i feel in your work life you become a mother you automatically learn to prioritize and manage time because literally you go into work knowing that there's something so much more precious and so much more important waiting at home that you get much much more efficient and much better at your job i truly truly believe that i really believe 
working mothers are super efficient i really believe it and you also mentioned that you know 11 years into your career when you started with modern retail and e-commerce uh, it was a very challenging role to take up and can you tell us a little bit about your considerations and strategy and how did they evolve with the role with the different roles that you've done the, so i i wouldn't say the the challenge is was not in terms of change in role i had done modern trade before so even when i went to the us i had spent a couple of years working on the walmart team so i'd learned uh, about managing modern trade the other challenge was more at that time we did the gst transition india changed the gst rule as it now so we did the transition of gst with the modern trade customers and that was very challenging but it was more the breadth right when you're the more senior you get more responsibilities you get you have to manage breadth and here i was going from handling six or seven customers to closer to 18 19 customers so it was big change in breadth a much larger team a big multifunctional team so it was not just sales but i was also working with a multifunctional team on uh, hr on finance on logistics really good breadth of assignments lots of learning from external customers very very strong customers that we were working with and like i said you you manage a big team you manage a large team so there's a lot of learning when you manage a big large organization also so those were i wouldn't call it challenges but i i i like to articulate challenges more as learning i have a work philosophy which is uh, which is my equity it's called dtq which is deliver today design for tomorrow and a diverse team and i'd say that's just my personal equity or my professional equity i make sure that i when i jump into a new assignment i figure out what needs to be done to deliver results for today what do i need to do to plan so that the business comes over a short to medium term and then most importantly a diverse team i'm a big big believer of diversity of thought and here i i like to surround myself with a lot of people who are different from me in the way they think because i think then a team becomes 1 plus 1 is greater than 2 can you also please tell us a little bit about your stint abroad i mean it was the best one of the best things that happened to me so far i can safely say it was um, i moved to a really small town in the us called seattle arkansas i can tell you guaranteed 80% of the world doesn't know where this is uh, it's a really small town but more importantly this town is super famous because walmart has its headquarters there and because of that png also has a very large office there and i moved there i worked on png businesses not just based in the us but all png businesses outside of the us so it was a completely multicultural experience i worked with uh, people from south america i worked with people from north america both not just the us but canada mexico i worked with people from the uk i worked with people in china in japan of course india in south africa so it was a multi diverse cultural experience and you get to learn so much on the business because i didn't work on only one brand or category i worked across at that time health and beauty categories for png it was a fantastic experience professionally because you got to see customers as we call it uh in various parts of the world but i th- i'd still say while i learned so much professionally i think i got the most out of it personally because i lived on my own lived in a new country got to learn of the culture of a country live make some of the fondest friends got to travel it broadens your perspective it changes your whole dimension of thinking it just makes you a i'd say a much better person
an experience of living outside because it takes you out of your comfort zone and therefore i feel in the process of being taken out of your comfort zone you just become a better version of yourself the minute you're taken out of your comfort zone you just go back to being yourself and improving yourself which is really the best thing that you can do in any situation no point being anyone else right just be a better version of yourself so can you please tell us about one particular instance there that uh, changed your perspective oh my favorite one is the personal one i left i left india going into america thinking that i was going to land into a set of the friends but it's so far from the truth i went i think very narrow minded as a person because that was my definition of america and america is a huge state huge it's got so much diversity between the east and the west coast and everything that's in the middle and i was in the middle the biggest perspective i got was you know don't go with any preconceived notions make sure that you keep an open mind because all the notions that you have are very different when you actually enter into a place uh, it could be a, in this case it was a country that i entered into but it could be a business problem it could be a solution it could be a you know for all you know it could be a book club that you go into right we go in with so much preconceived notions if we can just shed that and go in with a complete open mind you get to learn absorb and contribute so much more when you're able to do that we know that you train people on the art of negotiation so can you please share some tips with us and how do you track with difficult customer to be very honest is like a 3 day workshop i do so i'm not sure how i'm going to be able to cover that in a little chat but i think negotiation is an art every single one of us do and the you know when we learn it we learn it when we are kids i all i say this now because i have a 4 year old who at two and a half knew, to, knew how to negotiate with me so she will look at me and she'll say mama can i have three chocolates and i'll say no two and she'll say no four children from the day they're born i have no clue how they learn it i'm pretty sure parents don't sit there teaching them negotiation but you learn right negotiation is something that every single one of us know in you go and buy vegetables or fruits from your next door kirana wala you'll say bhaiya banana kitna hai and he'll say 60 rupees for a dozen and you'll say nahi mujhe bachpan mein de do why do we do this right we do this every form of negotiation however when we negotiate with customers those are more long term negotiations we don't do them as simple as a negotiation with a kirana wala or a, with a fruit wala because there there's nothing to lose you go to a banana person you ask him uh, can i have bananas he says no then you go okay you go to the next guy it's okay but in the case of customer relationships these are long term relationships and we believe very strongly in the, as a company that when we when we work with customers we are looking at a long term win win relationship with them so therefore the way we negotiate is through ensuring we find solutions that make both of put both of us in a better place and that takes not just art in terms of the way you negotiate but it takes a lot of preparation so you you can't go into a negotiation on the fly you need to prepare there are multiple discussions there are multiple rounds it comes with an immense amount of trust that you need to have with your customer and that trust you have to build it over a period of time so that you are able to build uh, you're able to get to a place when the two of you get onto a table and actually talk about the negotiation you'll get there and of course there are tricks and trades there are uh, there are tactics there are a lot of it that you can learn about that but at the end of the day that that is what for me negotiation is it's exchanging value between two people in a way that the two of you are better off after that exercise is done
you also led the sales recruitment strategy for India. So how do you know if a candidate is a good fit for sales? And what advice would you give to people who just started a career in sales? What should they be focusing on? On sales itself, it's very tough in an interview to judge whether a person can do sales or can't do sales. I think it comes with experience. My advice to people out there is sales is absolutely fantastic. If you like working with people, you like challenging businesses to work on, you like instant gratification. I always say that as my lead, uh, which is you do something and you see the results immediately. You don't have to wait for a year or two years for it to happen. Uh, you're able to work with, uh, motivate people, work multifunctionally. You're able to see the impact of your work. Then sales is a career for you. And yes, there is an element of travel that comes with it. There is an element of working in challenging environments that come with it. But that comes with a lot of other jobs. That's not restricted only to sales. So I think the big ones are you like working with people, you like working in challenges, and you get instant gratification. If you like these three, sales is for you. At the end of it, I think about it, right? At the core of it, we're all salespeople. We all are trying to sell ourselves, if nothing else. But it's great fun to do it because, like I said, it's the sense of satisfaction you get in sales. And there are highs and lows. I mean, let me not make, uh, let me not let you forget that. You feel fantastic when you deliver your targets, and of course, you feel bad when you don't. But that's life, no? There are highs and lows in life. It's it's very similar to that. So there's in sales more than most other roles. I believe there's this constant pressure of targets. You know, weekly targets, daily targets. So how do you deal with that pressure? So like I said, right, there is pressure. When you're younger on in your career, like I remember when I started off in my career, it really got to me. Like I would be like the days I wouldn't hit my target or the days I was off, I would get, you know, stressed. I'd be worried about it. But then over a period of time, as you work, like with everything else, you realize the in-process is what you can impact. And therefore, you would make sure that you impact the in-process and the result that will come will be an outcome of that. You don't get too disturbed by the results, both positive and negative. You learn to balance your outlook to the results, but you spend all your energy on focusing on the in-process. And that is what I think over a period of time I've learned. That's helped me even personally, to be honest. Right? You can only be the best at what you do. What happens is an outcome. Mm-hmm.